Okay, let's go back to the hotline now and talk to the guy who has, uh, I know, been having a good holiday season. He's working out. He's in shape now. He's uh, he's good to go, and uh, he's he maybe at the gym now. I'm not sure. Francis Barrett, FightGators.com. Francis, how you doing, buddy? Well, I just left the gym. I I, I got there early enough so I could talk to uh, you after I'm finished. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I, I said this earlier, and I don't mean this to be disparagingly, but you know how much I love football. I'm tired right now. I'm a, I have a little football fatigue, and I think it has to do with the fact that there were some gut wrenching games yesterday. Including that UCF game, which you, you got to like what you saw there. Although I can't get on that that idea that they should be playing for a national championship. I mean, stranger things have happened, but the system precludes that, especially when you have the 77th rank uh, schedule. But what a storyline, Scott Frost and that team, and what a great job they did. And you just can't help but admire those kids and that coach. Well, here's the thing that they've done, though, buddy. They've set the stage. They went 13-0 and this year. They got 17 starters back, and, and 36 guys are there too deep, all right, including almost every one of their skill people and most of their offensive linemen. They're going to lose a couple defensive players, but they've got a lot of those. They rotate a lot of guys in and out. They've got a chance to do it again next year. Now, my question to you, and I'll throw it back at you, is let's say that they – run the 12-game schedule, win their conference championship, and they're sitting on a 26-game winning streak. Can you keep them out of the playoff then? Yeah, you can, and they will until they're able to get to a point where they're scheduled. Now, they got, they got uh, like David Moulton said, a bad deal on their, their Georgia Tech game got knocked out because of the hurricane. Uh, but they, they're gonna, that's going to affect them. And if you're going to have any kind of legitimate playoff system, and we've all got our problems with it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you can't just overlook that. You have to consider the undefeated or not. And I love the fact that they were competitive. They played hard. I love that Scott Frost stayed behind with his team. They took his whole coaching staff with him to Nebraska. But I think you have to stick by something in terms of a standard. And from that standpoint, I don't see them making it. Now, if you want to talk about overhaul of the season, it's not going to happen next year, where you have eight teams, six teams, whatever, I don't like six because it's an odd number. Then I can see there's room for one Cinderella team like there is in basketball. But this is just a different system. I never thought I'd say that because I've always been an eight-team eight guy. But I'm coming to around thinking, is there not eight really great, worthy teams to put into a championship round? Well, I, here's my thought. I think that what they did this year was set the stage that if they can do it next year, and that's a big if because – how many teams have ever won 26 games in a row? Not too many. But they've set the stage, I think, if they're at 26 games in a row, how few? when you consider how few times that has taken place, I, and when you consider also they're probably going to finish in the final poll. They were 10th in the AP poll. The final AP poll, they'll probably be 6th, maybe 7th at the worst. This is a team that starting next year, they're going with all they got coming back. They're going to start the season highly ranked. And I think that if they're 26 and 0, I don't see how you're going to keep them out next year. Now, if they lose a game, certainly all bets are off. But if they run that table, I think that they're I think they're going to have a legitimate chance to get in. 
Well, supposedly, other than the fact that you start a team higher because of where they are ranked in preseason, supposedly what they did last year has no bearing on making the playoffs the following year, supposedly. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what's supposed to be. So no matter what they did last year, that is supposed to have an impact on it. But your point's well taken. I think you're talking about worthiness. And, I think, and, I, and I, I'm not so sure they're not worthy, just not worthy out of this system. If there were two teams playing for it, there'd be no discussion. There are four. That's eh, a nice idea, but it's not plausible. And then who you leave out. Uh, and then the other thing is, is there, well, if there's eight, okay, let's talk about it. Maybe there is that exception. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's that that one wild card that gets in that way. And I'm I'm okay about that. Let's talk hoop, friends. Educate us about this Bader basketball team. We haven't had a chance to catch up very much and talk about it. We know that what, somewhere back there in December, uh, we're talking about, uh, even though after that FSU loss, which is painful to watch, uh, and FSU, by the way, sort of tanked it since then too, is that this team was uh, had the, the number one team in the nation on the ropes in Duke. We're thinking, this is a team that very well may be a Sweet 16 team, and all of a sudden they went in the toilet. Now, we know all about the injuries and all the things, but what did happen to Mike White's team? Well, uh, first and foremost, they can go as far, they can beat anybody on a night when they're shooting well. They've gone into a collective shooting slump, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that teams looked at how Duke shut them down in those final six or seven minutes of that ball game. And Duke just basically dared Florida to score on the inside. Played one guy back, played four guys out, pushing hard on the perimeter, pushing them back, making them take bad shots. And this is the same thing everybody has done since then. They've shown some flashes now that maybe they can shoot their way out of it. Maybe they can figure some things out. I thought the first half Saturday against Vanderbilt showed me something. Uh, Now, they didn't sustain it. But they actually played really, really well offensively. They moved the ball, a lot of passes, a lot of good open shots, and they had a 40-20 to 20 lead. And then, of course, the second half happened, and in the second half they stopped moving the ball, and they also stopped playing really good defense. And there's a real correlation, I believe, in, in the defense and how well they move the ball. When the Gators are really getting after it defensively, there's a lot of energy. The Bulldogs teams are very unselfish. That was the M.O. for the team last year because everybody was so fired up and so into the defense that the ball got moved around. They weren't a good shooting team, but the ball moved around and people got enough points. They've got to get back into that mode again. They've got it, and It's going to start with the defense. And I think if, when they're playing good defense, I think the shooting will pick up because it certainly did in the first half against Vanderbilt. That was as well as they've shot the ball since uh, that first half of that Duke game. You're right. They're a very streaky shooting team. There's a couple of mysteries in this team, uh, more than a couple. Uh, certainly, Kevon Allen just got lost. He couldn't throw it in the ocean for a while. He just totally lost his confidence. And I can't understand. I can't make up my mind about Kulichev. I know he's got a string of free throws going. He sometimes looks like he's really going to he's a terrific player. There's something about the chemistry of that team when he's on the floor that's not good. Am I wrong about that? 
I don't know if it's so much of a chemistry problem as much as you've got a kid that is six foot five playing power forward who's trying to maybe trying to do a little bit too much. He real he is the you know he's Florida's best rebounder. Now your six five guy should not be your best rebounder, yeah, but true. he is Florida's best rebounder, and he's having to play defense against guys that are typically six eight, six nine or better, and I think that's throwing his entire game off. Um, I, I'm hoping that they can find some sort of combination out there that allows him to play more on the small forwards or the big guards because he's certainly capable of playing defense out there. But I think what all he's being asked to do and how much he is being asked to do is throwing his game off. And, and I think that it would affect you, you know, you talk about chemistry. I don't know so much that it's chemistry as much as it affects uh, the way the whole team plays. Uh, and, and I think it's frustrating for him. I think it's frustrating for them, too, because they know how hard he's playing and they know how much they depend on him getting the ball. He's, he's there in, in a lot of games so far, buddy, since that Duke game. He's been Florida's only real inside threat. Yeah. So I, I think he's being asked to do too much, and I think he's taking too much on himself. Yeah. But to that respect, you know, yeah, it could affect team chemistry because of that, because you need five guys that are playing with equal determination. All right. The nice game, Texas A&M 11-2 playing at uh, Reed Arena, Kyle Station. Uh, this, this, this basketball team, Florida, as bad as they play, they're still 9-4. So, man, they're undefeated in the SEC. How's this game going to come off tonight, and how good a team is Texas A&M, and can Florida be a good road team this year? Florida can be, and this is a game that Florida can win largely because Texas A&M has serious injuries to their guards. The Aggies are going to be playing without their best guard, Adnan Gilder. He is uh, he is hurt. He's out for the game. Their, their backup point guard has a bad leg injury, and he's maybe a 20% chance of playing. So they're going to be going with some true freshmen. This is a game that Chi-Chi could take over the ball game. Now, with that being said, the Gators are going to have a real battle because they have one of the better front lines in all of college basketball. Uh, Davis uh, Davis is just absolutely fantastic. I mean, he is a big, strong guy, and they're all big and strong. They're like 6'10", 6'11", and 6'8", up front, and they come off the bench with, with a guy that's 6'9", that can shoot from three-point and is a real stretch four. So, but... Florida has quicker and better guards. The Gators, if the Gators can move the ball because they're going to have opportunities to shoot because Texas A&M is probably going to have to play a lot of zone defense, but it's not. It's going to be a different kind of zone than what they've been seeing because there's not a lot of quickness in this zone. So there's going to be opportunities to shoot the ball. All right. If they can hit shots, they can win this game on the road. All right, Francis, appreciate that. Stay warm. It's going to be chilly. Maybe snow. Who knows? We'll see. And uh, we'll catch up to you later in the week, as always. Franz Beard, FightNators.com. Thanks. Happy New Year, Francis. Thanks, buddy. Okay, that's Steve.